Hello and welcome back to a brand new season of Her Sports Six Nations show brought to you in association with Opal, a proud sponsor of Irish Rugby. My name is Jessica Woodlock and I'm joined by former Irish international player Hannah Tyrrell to bring you all the latest Six Nations news, discussion, insight and a few laughs on the way as we build up to the weekend's action. Join us every Wednesday and be part of the conversation using the hashtag Hashtag her sport six nations. Hannah, Ireland head into this tournament. They achieved fourth place last year. And since that, we've seen the introduction of professional contracts. What do you think they'll be hoping for this year? Firstly, I can't believe the six nations has come around again. I feel like it's been such a quick year, but uh, so much has happened for Irish rugby within that year. And, you know, I think there's big expectations with the introduction of um, contracts to the squad this year that, you know, we'll see a much more, um, our, our much new and improved squad. You know, we have a lot of new faces in this year's squad and I'm just really looking forward to seeing how uh, how much of a difference it will have made to, to some of these players who now have had the opportunity since the contracts came in in November um, to be able to train, you know, daily and, and really you know, improve their core skills and their execution of skills and, and how much of an impact that can bring to their all-round game. And we have Linda Friday in there, captain again. She's now the most capped player on the team. Seems kind of hard to believe considering she only came in as captain last Six Nations. So what do you make of that and what will she be looking to to bring to the team this year? Yeah, look, I think Nicola did a, a really good job uh, last year leading from the front. You know, she had to learn a lot along the way. It's really hard to try and define your role and um, be a leader on the pitch and take on all these new added stresses as captain and still put in really big performances. And that can be a struggle at times, you know, but I think she'd be well used to that role by now. And she's leading a pretty young and inexperienced squad um, this year. And I do think it's going to be a tough battle for Ireland, but I'm just really hoping that, as I mentioned, their, their core skill has really improved and that can help them uh, in terms of their game and that we bring a lot of physicality and with Irish teams, you know that they're always going to be very passionate and give everything 100%, but uh, they're going to need every inch of it this year, I think. So moving on to that Ireland squad itself, what were your initial thoughts when you seen it? Yeah, look, um, I suppose everybody knows after a World Cup year that uh, squads are going to be drastically different with a lot of players retiring post-World Cup. And while Ireland weren't in that World Cup, you know, they were no different to that. And we're looking at a, a new, fresh face squad with a lot of new players who you know, would have known throughout the AIL and put their hand up, you know, through good performances with the AIL, Interpros and the combined uh, provinces, that there were opportunities there. And this new squad has eight new faces um, in it, you know, all looking to to get some international experience. And along with that, there's been a wider squad uh, panel of 12 extra players just to get them in, you know, show them what the setup is like and what's expected of them. And, you know, you never know, like they might end up being called into the main squad for whatever reason. But outside of that, it's just trying to, improve I suppose the depth uh, that that we have in Irish rugby and you know some of these new faces have have massive potential to come in and actually get their first cap and and make a difference and, and, and nail down a jersey for this competition. You're mentioning there the new players but we do have a few of those players that we would have seen do great things during the tournament last year. Neve Jones is in there, Sam Monaghan, obviously Nicola Friday. How important will their experience be for the Six Nations? Yeah, look, their their uh, seniority and experience um, will be absolutely crucial, you know, particularly as I mentioned earlier with Nicola Friday and her leadership. Will you look at the big name players, Linda Dugang and um, Neve Jones in particular, who had a fantastic season, the likes of Enya Breen, 
uh, Sam Monaghan. They, those guys are going to be kind of the backbone of this team, trying to guide those younger uh, players through and showing them the ropes a little bit. And hopefully, you know, we can get some good performances out of them. You know, and as I mentioned, just trying to improve that squad depth and, and get some good results. So a few of those players that we are missing is the likes of Stacey Flood, Eve Higgins, Bevan Parsons, big names we would have talked about last year. Will their loss be felt? Yeah, look, there's no doubt. Um, you know, there are a number of those sevens players who are legitimately world-class looking at the likes of uh, Bevan Parsons, Amy Lee Murphy-Crow. And, you know, our backline was made up of a lot of those players who played both last year. But this year, people mightn't realise it's a really, really important year for the Irish sevens programme because it's a little bit qualification year. Um, and this team has two more stops on the World Series, starting with Hong Kong next weekend, where they're so, so close to qualifying for the Olympics for the first time. And, you know, while their presence will be massively felt during the Six Nations, to get an Irish women's team to the Olympics uh, for Paris next year would be massive for Irish rugby in general and will help support and grow the game across both codes, you know. And while their absence will be felt in the Six Nations, it's an opportunity for some young girls who've really performed uh, over the last couple of months with their clubs to, to say, do you know what, I'm good enough to play for Ireland too and give me an opportunity and I'll show you. And the likes of maybe Aoife Doyle, um, you know, Lauren Delaney, Aoife Dalton, who starred for Leinster in this year's uh, Interpros, Maeve Dealey, who has been injured recently, but is a fantastic player and got capped in the summer series. Like they all have an opportunity to put their hand up and, and say this jersey, I want this jersey and I want to keep this jersey by putting in a good performance. So moving on to the Wales squad then, obviously the first team will be coming up against. Hannah Jones is in there. She's been part of the setup for eight years. As captain, what will she be looking to bring this year? Yeah, look, Hannah Jones has been fantastic for Wales in the back line for the last couple of years. But, you know, she'll be looking for her team to put in some really big performances. And Wales are probably a year ahead of us in terms of they got their contract a couple of months before last year's Six Nations. And we really saw the benefit of that with them. And they came out firing um, in last year's Six Nations opener um, and got the win over us. And I think they'll have that in the back of their minds that they're a team similar to Ireland that gives 100% and doesn't give up till the final whistle. And when we played Wales last year, Ireland were, were winning for the majority of the match until about the last five or six minutes or so. And Wales came barnstorming back and they'll be kind of trying to hold on to those memories and trying to be like, this is ammunition that we have over them and a, a kind of a mentality side of thing. But they give a, they bring a lot of intensity and physicality, um, you know, and, and they've some very, very dangerous players in their back line that if we allow them to get some space, they can do some damage. And you mentioned their their professional contracts that they did bring in last year. Since then, they've gone on to announce further players being made professional. So they now have 25 professional players they can call up. What difference will that make? Yeah, well, look, again, each team is always looking not just at the 23 that they have in their squad, but also their wider squad and the depth that they have. And that will just bring and, and increase the level of depth that they have so that if they end up getting hit with a couple of injuries or whatever at the wrong time, that they know that they have able players who are durable, who will be able to step up to the plate and have been in with the squad full time and know exactly what's going on and could slot right in seamlessly. And then moving on to that England squad, obviously reigning champions, Grand Slam last year. We have a couple of key players, but England seem to be full of key players. But we have a couple that will be out. Zoe Harrison has an ACL injury. Emily Scarish is unavailable, also due to injury. And Abby Ward is unavailable as she's pregnant. A big person that the squad will be missing is Sarah Hunter, who obviously announced that this weekend will be her last match. What is her legacy, do you think, for this team? 
No, look, first of all, just going to the general England team, I suppose, they have been kind of trailblazers for the women's game in terms of their professionalism and how they've gone about it. And I know the World Cup didn't go uh, quite as they had planned, losing in the last minute to New Zealand, but they have just done some fantastic things and kind of paved the way, I suppose, that a lot of these other Six Nations teams will have hoped to follow. And for someone like Sarah Hunter, you know, she's been the captain of this team throughout you know, she's set to become the most capped England player of all time, male or female, taken over um, from Rocky Clark, um, you know, which is an incredible feat, 140 caps. Like when you think about someone like Nicola Friday, who has 30 caps or so, and she's our most, our current most capped player. And um, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal achievement. And, you know, her legacy will be forever remembered uh, for the heights that she has helped bring this team to and the respect that not only her own teammates, but you know, players from other uh, nations across the world will have for her is incredible and she should be very proud of the career that she's had um, and, you know, I've no doubt she'll get a fantastic send-off this weekend. And just to bring Lester's, I suppose, through that legacy, 2007, she made her first cap. 2013, she made a big impact at the Six Nations with four tries and also then becoming captain. 2014, won the World Cup. 2016, World Player of the Year. 2019, she became one of those first ever women's players to become professional. And then obviously 2023 announcing this weekend would be her last match. She obviously was captain of the team, but recently Marley Packer has been named as co-captain and we would obviously expect her then to go on and captain. She's a player you mentioned a lot last year. What do you think she'll bring now to the team? Yeah, look, I think she's a fantastic player. One of the best number eights in the world, as you mentioned, got world player of the year. Uh, a couple of years ago and she's won multiple Six Nations and when you're the captain of one of the best teams in the world you know that is saying something and to be captain for so long and to have won it all is an incredible legacy you know and I don't know if there's anyone in the men's game who even comes close to the amount of accomplishments that she's had and you know to cap it all off to become the most capped uh, English rugby player of all time this weekend it'd be very very special for her and you know, you think that Angel will massively miss her this weekend and then you have someone like Marley, Cap uh, Marley Packer to step up and be captain. You know, the amount of leaders they have on that team and it's just fantastic for them to be able to to have the, the depth and the quality of leadership and players that they have uh, to be able to replace someone who seems almost irreplaceable. And standards. Marley Packer was someone you mentioned a lot last year. She made the most defensive rooks than than any other player, the most carries than any other player in the campaign. Do you think she'll kind of have her own mark to make in this campaign as a captain going forward? Yeah, look, I think Marley Packer's a player you love to have on your team and you hate to play against. And um, she's just an absolute menace. Um, you know, she's a menace at the breakdown. She is a fantastic ball carrier. She manages to score tries, you know, and when an English team is playing well, it's usually because she's having a good game and you know, for her to step up and be captain this year, she's going to have a massive role for England in that back row. And they're usually a very physical and dominant pack. And with her at the back of that in that back row, along with the likes of Alex Matthews and, and um, Sadi Kabea, who I think is, is going to be a really, really big, impactful player for England this year. They look hard to beat and hard to look past. And then moving on to that Scotland squad, they finished sixth last year. They'll be captained by Rachel Malcolm this year. What do you think they'll be looking to achieve? Obviously, an improvement on that, you would imagine. Yeah, look, obviously very disappointed for Scotland last year. Not where they would have liked to have been, you know, but they also had another focus last year that was going to the World Cup for the first time ever for them. And I think they'll be buoyed from uh, just coming off the back of that and the experience they've had in the World Cup. And um, 
you know, they'll be coming to to target certain games within this uh, campaign to be able to, you know, um, get the win. And I'm, I'm sure, obviously, the big games against England and France, well, personally, I don't think that they'll get the victory in it. They'll be looking to put in some solid performances and there's some fantastic players in the likes of Helen Nelson, uh, you know, and unfortunately for them, one of their big players, Jade Conkle, is out for the Six Nations. But they, they've no doubt some real, real quality in their squad and they'd be looking to just put in cohesive performances that they probably weren't very consistent with last year. And then that France squad, they're big contenders against England. They finished second behind them for the past three Six Nations. Is the goal for them to beat England? Is that what they'll be looking to do? Yeah, look, I think every team's goal when you come into the Six Nations is to win it, regardless of how achievable that may be or not. But all these players are the top of their game and they come in with these winning mentalities and regardless who they want to or who they're up against they want to win uh, but yeah France definitely will have a bee in their bonnet against England who've thwarted them a couple of times you know and um, to be honest some of the games in the past couple of years between the two have been absolutely fantastic and maybe France might target that England have, have a couple of losses this year due to retirements and injuries that this might be the year they can finally get one over on them so um, I'm sure it'll be a tasty battle and I can't wait to see because it'll definitely for me be a decider uh, for this year's Six Nations. You are watching the Her Sports Six Nations show brought to you in association with Opal, a proud sponsor of Irish Rugby. So an interesting thing I thought anyway in that France squad, Gail Hermé will not continue as captain despite actually remaining in that team. So Audrey Ferlani is coming in, taking over the reins. That must be an interesting dynamic, Shirley. What do you make of it? Yeah, look, uh, I think the biggest thing to come out of that, obviously, uh, Audrey Forlani, one of the most experienced players in that French squad, been around for a very long time, had a fantastic Six Nations last year in partnership in the second row with um, Medusa Mafal. But um, she actually wasn't even selected in the France squad for the World Cup last year. She was left out entirely and uh, no real explanation given. And then not only was brought back into the fold for this year's Six Nations, but has now been named captain. Um, very French, I suppose you can say, but um, you know, there's a number of reasons why potentially the captaincy may switch hands. You know, Hermes a fantastic player, probably wasn't at her best last year, and so maybe you know uh, they thought that the captaincy was a little bit too much pressure on her shoulders and. You know, they wanted to give her the freedom of being able to play again without having all that other pressure of captaincy on top of her. And it doesn't always suit players well. You know, they might be fantastic leaders, but actually when they get that um, pressure, and I suppose all that intense scrutiny from being captain, it, it doesn't actually work in their favor. And maybe, like, we don't know behind the scenes, she may have asked, could she not be captain this year? Or they may have had a conversation and figured out what was best, but... Um, you know, I don't think it'll affect her performances on the pitch too much. You know, if anything, it will give her a little bit more freedom to to go off and play her game and be the menace that she is. And for Berlani to come in, as you mentioned, they're not being included in the World Cup squad. Bit of a comeback, you could say, for her. What do you think happened there behind the scenes? Yeah, look, I've no idea, to be honest, but she's a fantastic player. And I was so shocked myself when I saw it, you know, and France, who were contenders for the World Cup, wanted to obviously have their best players, you know, involved. And and they didn't have her. And I, I'm wondering, was there a little bit of hindsight we should have brought her? And, you know, in terms of Forlani, look, it's fantastic for her. It shows great resilience and, and, and mental strength to be able to take that hit, um, you know, and, and come back into the squad. And I'm sure she has a point to prove. And, 
you know, being named captain means we're going to see her an awful lot and she, she'll want to lead this French squad to victory, you know, and, and particularly be eyeing up England to try and get one up on them. So then that Italy squad last, but not least, I suppose, Elisa Giordano set to captain the side. They finished fifth last year. What will they be hoping for this year? Yeah, look, I suppose Italy be very similar to Scotland. Probably not too happy with some of the results they had last year. And I think, again, very similar to Scotland is that they have a lot of issues around their consistency where over 80 minutes, they could have 20 minutes where they play some fantastic rugby and then 20 minutes where they play some awful rugby. And, you know, they'll be focusing on just putting in really good performances for the entirety of the game, you know, trying to put their best foot forward. And they have a very big and physical pack, um, you know, but their set piece tends to let them down a little bit. And, you know, they have some fantastic players like some Manuela Furlan, who's a devastating fullback and, and can do really well. But, you know, they they just, for me, are a little bit off the pace at the minute. But again, like, you just never know what's going to happen in rugby in the Six Nations. And Italy are, are very like that team that you never know which Italy you're going to get. And I'd be quite wary of them uh, when when Ireland go over to play them, particularly uh, with Italy being at home. You know, that they, they could have a few tricks up their sleeves, but I don't think they'll be um, a worry for England or France and those competing for the title. So this year we are running a Six Nations Fantasy Rugby League and we want you to get involved. There are weekly prizes to be won and it's a great way to get invested into the tournament. The best part is it's all free. Just use the link in the bio to set up your team. Myself and Hannah will be getting involved and every week we'll be giving you our top five players that you should be including in your team. So Hannah, it's the start of the tournament. People won't be surprised to hear that you're very competitive with it as we know last year. You done quite well last year as well. So for this weekend, who should people have in that team? I'm a little bit wary of telling people where they go, I'm going to have my team or who they should have because I don't want them to win. And yes, I'm very competitive. And I I loved, you know, uh, getting involved with it last year. I think it's fantastic to be able to have it. It's been around for the men's for a very long time. So for people to be able to tune in, it really helps grow the women's game. Um, I'm not going to give away too much, but uh, look, I think people would be silly not to have someone of the caliber of Gabrielle Vernier from France in their center partnership. You know, I think she's been a fantastic addition. No surprise that I'll probably put Sam Monaghan in my second row. Um, you know, I don't want really, to give away too much here. Um, Manuela Furlan will probably be in there from an Italian point of view for me. And um, Would any of our Irish backs get a place in there last year? You would have had E. Higgins in a lot, Bevan Parsons as well. Yeah, look, I... I'm not going to pick my team until the, the team is announced tomorrow. Um, but yeah, someone like Aoife Doyle could definitely do damage to the weekend. Uh, I'll see if I can afford her. And, um, you know, there's a certain amount of players you can have. Again, Dana O'Brien there too. But I really like the look of Helena Rowland. He'll probably play 10 for England as well. Um, and for the week that's in it, I'll probably throw Sarah Hunter at eight because I've no doubt she'll be on the back of a couple of Roland Malls or picks off scrums to try and get her a, a fairy tale ending. So, um yeah, hopefully I, I do well this week, but I'm not giving away all my secrets every week. So people will have to tune in again next week then to see how Hannah gets on and to get more tips or lack of tips on it seems to be. <laughs> so then the first big match of the weekend, Wales versus Ireland. We were both actually in the RDS last year watching the game. As you mentioned earlier, Ireland were winning and then Wales came away with the win. 
obviously not the result we hoped for last year. Last year, Wales would have been one of those teams we tried to box off, I suppose, in the beginning. What do you think that match will look like this weekend? Yeah, look, I think it'll be another really tightly contested affair, you know, and, and this game for Ireland and this new look squad can be a real breaking point uh, for this squad, you know, a really nice win, whether it's tight or, or whether it's quite comfortable, can have a dramatic effect on the rest of this tournament for this team and it'd be really nice to start off with a win. I do think we could sneak a win, but I think it'll be very, very tight and I'll be interested to see what the team um, is when the squad comes out, but... I'm going to say that Ireland might sneak this a little bit, a couple of points in it though. And if you had to put a scoreline on it, what would you say? Probably something like 25-23. So another tight a match. really tight one, yeah. A quick reminder, this weekend, Her Sport will be hosting a watch party for the opening game against Wales at Ashton's Pub in Klonski. Avian Riley and Tanya Rosser will be speaking ahead of the match and everyone is welcome. Use the link in the bio to register your place and watch the match together with fellow supporters. And elsewhere in the Six Nations, we then have England coming up against Scotland. They suffered a big defeat last year. I think it was 57-5 or something like that. What will Scotland be looking to bring against a team that they know is is, I suppose, the reign of champions in this tournament. Yeah, much like last year where uh, Scotland actually had a really fast start and got the first score of the game, they'd be looking for a really, really good start and to try, I suppose, catch England off guard. You know, with teams in the first game of the tournament, you can be a little bit slow to start and kind of not a little bit rough and ready and not as finely tuned. So Scotland will be looking to get a really hot start against this English side, punish them early, but... We know that this English side has massive quality and huge depth and impact off the bench. And I think this will be a really routine and, and easy win for England. And again, particularly with that occasion for Sarah Hunter, they'll want to really, really do her justice. And would you imagine it will be a similar scoreline to last year or what mark would you put on it? I, I really hope not because I want every single game to be really competitive and, you know, um, I don't want it to be as one-sided, but I, I do think there could be 30 points in it for England. And then the last game we have Italy and France. We talked about it earlier. France are big contenders in this tournament. What do you think that match will look like? I think France will be looking to put out some really early markers and, and show that this squad, despite the couple of retirements and injuries that they have, that they're out to do damage this year and, and really lay down that marker of first game in. We've put this points on the board. Come and catch us, England. And Depending on the Italy team you get, you know, are they up for it? Can they put up, hold up that defensive pressure and physicality that France are going to give? And I'm not sure. Again, I think this could be a, a fairly routine and easy win for France. You know, could easily put 40 points on the board. So in terms of the games to watch this weekend, most competitive, you think Wales and Ireland? Definitely Wales and Ireland. And then obviously a big one for the name that's in it, the England match, of course, with Sarah Hunter's. I suppose, final final outing for them. Yeah, look, I'd, I'd be encouraging everybody to watch every single match, but if you only had time for one, the Ireland-Wales one will definitely be the most competitive. Um, but you might see some fantastic quality and skill in the other two games and they're surely not to be missed. Now, before we head into the final part of the show, we have a brand new segment in called Break It Down. We are giving Hannah 60 seconds to explain rugby terminology. So this week, we're going to be talking about rucks. So I have the timer here, Hannah. Okay. So Hannah, starting from now, we'd like you to break it down. 
Um, okay, so a rook is formed when a player gets tackled and then uh, an attacking player comes in to try and seal off the ball. So a rook forms when a defensive player and an attacking player actually uh, meet to try and steal or protect the ball. And uh, Once that's set, the defensive team, an offside line has been formed, so the defensive team have to stay with their back foot behind the back foot of their own defensive player and cannot go forward until the nine has picked up the ball. If you're trying to steal the ball, you must come in through the gate, which is right in front of the ball. So you can't come in from the side, and that's the same for an attacking player as well. Uh, anyone who is sealing off or trying to steal the ball must stay on their feet, uh, so you cannot be off feet. And um, what else? Uh, yeah, the ball is up for discussions. You cannot have hands in the rook if the attacking player actually gets there first. But if you are the first player, defensive player to arrive, you can take the ball and you're a first player and you can play on. Uh, and that 60 second Ooh. player so that was your <laughs> I hope for everyone listening there they now fully understand rooks they'll have no issues with it and if they do they can speak to Hannah oh, sorry if I got anything wrong <laughs> looking ahead for this campaign last year we would have said what we wanted Ireland to achieve we didn't quite get there I think last year what would you hope this team brings back this year what position and what sort of rugby would you like to see us play Look, I think it's fairly obvious that uh, France and England are the two top teams in this tournament and, you know, everyone else in this tournament will be looking to finish in that third place. Fantastic if we can, you know, get a win over the likes of England and France, which are two home games, but I think that's a very big ask. So for Ireland, I think a very successful campaign is to get three wins uh, out of three in their away games and put in some really, really good performances that we can be proud of against France and England uh, at home. I think it'll be very tricky and, um, you know, I think the gap between England and France is, is big enough now. We want to just start closing that little by little, but three three away wins this year um, to finish third would be a really nice result in this first year of this new World Cup cycle. And you obviously yourself have played in Six Nations tournaments. What are those players feeling heading into this weekend? Uh, there's a mix, I suppose, of of nerves, of excitement, you know, we play rugby because we love it and it's such an enjoyable game. And yes, it's no different at international uh, level. There's probably just a little bit more pressure and scrutiny on you. But everybody's just looking forward to getting going, hoping the weather's really nice, that we get a good crowd for, for the kind of atmosphere side of things. Um, and depending on how long you've been in the squad, I suppose there would be that that set of nerves or whatever else. But um, look, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm sure the, the players can't wait to just show all the hard work they've been doing in training. And I really hope that it results in a good performance and a good result. And I suppose for the weekend, that's in it as well. We've seen the men's get the Grand Slam and it's 10 years since Ireland's women's team got a Grand Slam. Just what was the legacy of that, do you think? Yeah, look, it's mad to think that it's been 10 years, you know. Uh, for me, that was probably some of my earliest memories of, of women's rugby playing in Ireland, you know. And I know a couple of the girls that have been playing on that squad and ended up playing a lot with them because I got my debut a year later. But... I don't think we realise the significance of winning a Grand Slam and to be able to do that back in 2013 with the incredible calibre of players we have. They set a precedent there. You know, we've only won the Six Nations once since then in 2015. Um, and while we're a little bit off, uh, you know, that stage now, I'd love to get us back to that because we have some fantastic players out there. You know, it's just about setting them on a pathway to success and, and hopefully getting back there one day. But 
you know, we'd be able to look back at those memories of, of 2013 and it, it's such a phenomenal achievement. You know, we should be recognizing and celebrating those women that were involved in that squad and, and hoping that we can replicate that sometime in the not too distant future. And you mentioned there, obviously, you came in a year after we've had significant changes in the team, in the whole Irish women's setup, you know, more grassroots rugby, more resources put in, new coaching teams, and obviously the big thing, contracts. What do you think of the changes that have occurred in that 10 years? And I suppose more obviously in the last year. Yeah, look, obviously massive, massive changes have happened right across the world with women's rugby. And the standard of, of women's rugby has only risen and will continue to rise. And the development that we've seen is fantastic. But for Ireland and to look at it that way, to think if you were to ask that 2013 team, did you think we'd ever go professional and have contracts? A lot of them would probably say no, you know, to, so to see us in a position where we do have players with contracts, I'm sure they wish they were maybe a couple of years younger so that they could actually have a similar opportunity. And I think the current squad realized that, that they are in a position that nobody has ever had in this country before and that they, they want to be able to use this opportunity to push on and actually get something out of it. And, you know, I really hope they do that because this could be the start of a new legacy for Irish rugby. And leaving it there then on that high note, a reminder to watch the Wales versus Ireland game, the England versus Scotland game, and of course the Italy and France game. A reminder also that you can join us at the watch party this Saturday at Ashton's Pub in Klonski to support the Irish team. See you all next week. That's all from us today. Thank you for watching and we'll catch you next week for a recap and preview of the match ahead.